Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. And a good Friday morning to you. Breaking overnight, the United States launching airstrikes in Syria. A swift response to a deadly attack on Americans there. It is March 24th. This is today. Retaliation. U.S. warplanes hit several sites in Syria with known ties to Iran on orders from President Biden. After an American contractor was killed, six others, including service members, wounded by what's believed to be an Iranian drone. This morning, what the Pentagon is saying about that attack and what's next. In the hot seat, TikTok CEO dressed down by Republicans and Democrats alike on Capitol Hill over national security concerns tied to the app's links to China. I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. They have never asked us. We have not provided. But you know what? I've asked that that, I find that actually preposterous. Just ahead, will Washington move to ban the app or force the company to sell? And how would China react? On hold, the New York grand jury weighing charges against Donald Trump. Done with the case for the rest of the week. No indictment, despite Trump's claim he was about to be arrested. So where is the case headed? Could charges come next week? We'll have the very latest. Looming threat, a powerful storm system set to unleash tornadoes and flooding across the south. Millions up and down the east coast facing heavy rain to start the weekend. Al's got everything we need to know. In court, the Colorado dentist accused of fatally poisoning his wife formally charged with murder. Just ahead, what the investigation is now revealing. Today, Friday, March 24th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Nice to have you along with us on a Friday morning. We got there. Hoda's enjoying her vacation. But let's start with this breaking news. President Biden ordering airstrikes in Syria overnight after an American contractor there was killed in a drone attack near a coalition base. Five service members and another contractor were also injured, with U.S. intelligence now saying that drone was, quote, of Iranian origin. We've got it all covered this morning, including what it means for U.S. relations in that already tense region. Let's get started with NBC. Peter Alexander traveling with the president this morning in Ottawa, Canada. Peter, good morning to you. Savannah and Craig, good morning to both of you. While much of the focus lately, of course, has been on Russia and China overseas, this newest attack and the U.S. airstrikes that followed will likely stoke tensions with Iran and the militia groups that it backs that remain focused on destabilizing the Middle East. The defense secretary overnight saying the retaliatory American airstrikes are intended to protect and defend U.S. troops while limiting the risk of escalation. The U.S. and coalition base was attacked in northern Syria, an American contractor killed by a suicide drone. Five U.S. service members and another American contractor were also wounded in the attack Thursday. Overnight, the Pentagon saying U.S. intelligence believes the drone was of Iranian origin. President Biden landing in Canada late Thursday, ordering U.S. retaliation with what the Pentagon describes as precision airstrikes, hitting facilities in eastern Syria used by groups affiliated with Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard. 
Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin saying, as President Biden has made clear, we will take all necessary measures to defend our people and will always respond at a time and place of our choosing, adding that no group will strike our troops with impunity. Two of the American service members were treated on site, while three others and the wounded contractor were evacuated to medical facilities in Iraq. Since January 2021, there have been 78 attacks against facilities housing U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria. U.S. Central Command says most of the attacks involving drones and rockets were carried out by Iran or Iranian-backed proxies. Syria has yet to offer an official response to the latest Iranian-backed attack. And Iran, that Biden administration officials call the largest security threat in the Middle East, has not reacted to the U.S.'s retaliatory strikes. Right now, the U.S. has roughly 900 troops and hundreds of contractors on the ground in eastern Syria working with Kurdish forces there to prevent a resurgence of ISIS in that region. Craig and Savannah. All right, Peter, thank you very much. Let's turn to NBC's chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel, who, of course, has been watching all of this very closely. So, Richard, how much of a risk does this latest attack from Iran pose in, in the conflict there, provoking a broader conflict, when, of course, the U.S. has mainly been focused on Ukraine and China and Russia? Well, we don't hear about American troops in Syria very much, but that they have they have been there for the last several years, elite American special forces on this counter ISIS mission. And they often come into contact with Iran. They often come into contact with these Iranian backed militias. The real question is, why did Iran now choose to carry out this attack. It was a largely unprovoked attack. The American troops were on this base. The attack took place at 1.30 in the afternoon, according to the Pentagon, killing uh, this um, American contractor. Iran would know that this would provoke a, a quick response. The Americans are not going to just take an attack on a base in the country where they're counting out, carrying out a counter-ISIS mission without uh, responding. So is Iran trying to test it? Is it trying to see how far it can go? Uh, it, it seems like it, it, Iran is trying to apply pressure on the United States, make it painful so that over time uh, the, the U.S. will end its presence there and allow Iran to have more influence in the region. Just a reminder, there are so many hot spots around the world. Richard, thank you very much. We turn now to the battle over TikTok and that question, should it be banned here in the United States? Lawmakers in Washington say they still have a lot of concerns about the wildly popular platform in the wake of yesterday's time contentious hearing with the head of the company. It was quite the bipartisan tongue lashing at times. NBC Savannah Sellers was on Capitol Hill. She joins us now here in Studio 1A. Savannah, good morning to you. Hey, good morning to you both. So we knew going into that hearing, TikTok faced significant scrutiny and skepticism among lawmakers on Capitol Hill. But even after more than five hours of testimony, some members are frustrated, saying TikTok CEO did little to alleviate their concerns about the platform's safety and security. Fielding criticism from lawmakers on both sides of the aisle. You damn well know that you cannot protect the data and security of this committee or the 150 million users of your app. TikTok CEO Sho Chu hoping to ease concerns that his wildly popular platform is not a national security threat. Pushing back on the notion that TikTok's parent company could be influenced by or ordered to turn over data to the Chinese Communist Party. ByteDance is not owned or controlled by the Chinese government. 
is a private company. Chu also pointing out TikTok is not available in mainland China. The company has 7,000 U.S. employees and that American user data is now stored in the U.S. Congressman, I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. I find that actually preposterous. The CEO also promising to focus on safety for teenagers, with TikTok implementing age-based restrictions and time limits for its youngest users. Research has found that TikTok's addictive algorithms recommend videos to teens that create and exacerbate feelings of emotional distress, including videos promoting suicide, self-harm, and eating disorders. TikTok creators in the room to see the hearing firsthand. Do you think that the lawmakers who are asking the questions today understand TikTok? I think there are some people that definitely have never used the app. One lawmaker even called it TikTok. 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 House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he would support a ban. I think you see a bipartisan concern here uh, with what's happening on TikTok, especially what's happening to the data for Americans. All of it, as some supporters say, TikTok is being singled out, despite broader issues across all social media platforms. You're jumping off a cliff to ban TikTok, and we haven't even had a lo- have a larger conversation around the understanding of how all this works. Now, following the hearing, a TikTok spokesperson told NBC News the company's CEO came to answer questions, but they say the day was dominated by political grandstanding. They also noted that some five million American businesses use TikTok to reach customers. That was one of those points yeah. that many of those creators on the Hill were actually making in the lead up to this also. And, and this this all comes, uh, the hearing yesterday comes as Utah, as I understand it, becomes like the first state in this country to impose some new rules for minors who use TikTok and other social media platforms. What more can you tell us about that? That's right. Interesting breaking just hours after this hearing also. So Utah's becoming the first state to require parental consent for children to be on social media. Now it's actually also being considered in four other states as well as proposed in several federal proposals as well. So okay. we'll see what happens. Interesting right. how they enforce that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Savannah. Let's go now to legal trouble surrounding Donald Trump with speculations swirling about a possible indictment by a New York grand jury and facing other ongoing criminal investigations. The former president is set to hell hold his first major rally of the 2024 campaign this weekend. NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson joins us now. Hallie, good morning. Let's start with the case in New York. Of course, the former president predicted he would be arrested three days ago, Tuesday. The grand jury has been meeting, but they're done for the week. So, I mean, what can we read, if anything, from these developments? Yeah, tea leaf wise, Savannah, we're looking to next week, right? When we get our next clue or hint or something about how that case related to alleged hush money payments is progressing. Obviously, it didn't happen on Tuesday, as the former president suggested. We are hearing from him as he is really upping his rhetoric now over the possibility he could be indicted. Overnight, he suggested there could be potential death and destruction that could be catastrophic if that happens. And he's slamming the Manhattan district attorney as, in his words, I'm quoting here, a degenerate psychopath. This comes after the office of that DA, Alvin Bragg, is telling House Republicans they basically overstepped in asking Bragg to come testify in front of them. Remember, these are House Republicans who are largely Trump allies. Bragg's office says it's an unprecedented inquiry and only came after Donald Trump created a false expectation that he would be arrested the next day and his lawyers reportedly urged you to intervene. Bottom line, Savannah, is still a waiting game at this point as it relates to that New York case. All right. So the legal issues are happening. But of course, in a political context, Trump is running. His first 2024 campaign rally is coming up. 
Now, some of the Republican rivals have circled the wagons around Trump. Governor DeSantis in Florida, who some consider his chief rival, has taken some shots. So what do you expect to happen this weekend with the former president? I think he's going to be on attack. I've talked with a source familiar with the president, former president's plans here when he heads to Waco, Texas, for that first kind of official rally of the 2024 campaign. I'm told that he will really go after or is expected to the Justice Department and the person you just mentioned, Savannah, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. You know, DeSantis has uh, alluded to what he sees as issues with, for example, some of the weaponization of the Justice Department. That is a fairly common Republican line on that front. But you're also seeing DeSantis try to put some space between himself and Donald Trump. He's giving this interview now to Pierce Morgan. It was teased in The New York Post and elsewhere. He's laying out the contrast here and giving a little bit of a subtle dig, saying the way we run the government, I think, is no daily drama. Focus on the big picture and put points on the board. We've been hearing a lot about DeSantis on the former president's uh, online platform, Truth Social. I bet we see it in person over the weekend, Savannah. More of that in Waco. All right. Hallie, thank you very much. Lots more to get to on this Friday morning. How about it, Mr. Roker? We're looking at wet weather stretching from from New Jersey all the way down to Texas. We're talking 1,500 miles. And down on the the southern end of this system, we are looking at severe thunderstorm watches and warnings, including Dallas. In fact, the Dallas airport, there's a ground stop right now. 18 million people in flood watches and warnings from Oklahoma all the way into Ohio as this system pushes to the east. Here's what we're really worried about. 15 million people at risk. Strong, long-track tornadoes possible. We could be talking about a tornado outbreak this afternoon into this evening. Nighttime tornadoes, twice as deadly, damaging wind. And this hatched area here from Poplar Bluff down to Tupelo, on into Jackson, Monroe, where Alexandria, we are talking about EF three tornadoes or stronger. So we're going to be watching that. What is fueling this? Well, we're talking about this high pressure out into the Atlantic. It's pushing up moisture into the south. So that's going to fuel those tornadoes, but also massive flooding possible, repeating rounds of torrential rain. The ground's already saturated. We could be looking at 140 locations from minor to moderate flooding with rainfall rates up to two inches per hour, especially in the mid-Mississippi River Valley. Locally, five inches of rain and the north to that north of that storm, we are talking locally 10 to 12 inches of snow in northern Michigan. And that is your latest weather. Guys, all right, Mr. Roker. Al, thank you. Still ahead, new details on a disturbing case out of Colorado where a dentist is now charged with murder and his wife's fatal poisoning. Miguel Almaguer has the story for us. Miguel, good morning. Good morning. That dentist accused of poisoning his wife to death was in court. So were some of their children. Coming up, we'll have a look inside the 52-page affidavit with some damning allegations. Also had this morning, it is a very popular way to save money and even make money as well. Buying secondhand on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. But it also comes with some security concerns. Vicki Wynn's going to have some pointers for folks telling you to get what you want as safely as possible. But first, this is today on NBC. Is that, will you think about your own list? I was thinking about one. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users. According to Indeed data, need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 
93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. <laughs> We're back 730. Happy Friday morning. Oh, yeah. Spring break today. Let's go. And the oh, temperatures oh. are coming up a little bit. We see a Friday sign. Yes. So I made that for you, Craig. It's catching on. Yeah, it really is. It's sweeping the nation. Hoda's got the week off. Chanel has been helping us out this week. Good, Good to have morning. You a lot of kids are on spring break this morning, so we'll have to get outside and say yes. hello. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we are going to start this half hour, though, with a case in Colorado that is making headlines around the world. A dentist accused of fatally poisoning his own wife with drug-laced protein shakes has now made his first court appearance. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer has the latest on this one. Miguel, good morning. Hi, guys. Good morning. The 45-year-old James Craig faced a judge yesterday as prosecutors formally charged him with the murder of his wife. The brief hearing lasted just about 10 minutes with two of Craig's six children's sitting in the courtroom. Trading his scrubs for an orange jumpsuit on Thursday, Dr. James Craig formally charged with first-degree murder. Prosecutors say he's responsible for his wife's heinous, complex, and calculated killing. With two of his six children in court, the 45-year-old did not enter a plea, though investigators have already built an extensive case against him. Police believe the Colorado dentist turned defendant spiked his wife Angela's protein shakes with poison, leading to her death on Saturday. In this 52-page affidavit, investigators show Craig's search history included how many grams of pure arsenic will kill a human and top five undetectable poisons that show no signs of foul play. Police say an Amazon order of arsenic was delivered to his house on March 4th. Two days later, Angela Craig was admitted to the hospital, experiencing symptoms consistent with arsenic poisoning. She was released later that day, but was hospitalized two more times before being admitted to the ICU last Wednesday. According to the affidavit, in the days before her death, she texted her husband, I feel drugged. His response, given our history, I know that must be triggering. Just for the record, I didn't drug you. Detectives believe the dentist wanted to start a new life with his lover, an orthodontist from Texas, who flew to Colorado as his wife was dying. He told officials Angela Craig had been suicidal, a claim they call a cover-up. If the defendant is the only one in the victim's life who thought she was suicidal, that's not going to look good for the defendant. Now the 43-year-old mother is being remembered as fiercely dedicated to her family, her son saying his mom loved a lot of things but didn't have time for them all. She had six children instead. So he's been formally charged now, Craig. So where does the case proceed from here? Well, he's due back in court two weeks from today for a status hearing. In the meantime, we're waiting for the autopsy and toxicology reports to be released that'll likely show what exactly caused the death of Angela Craig, which is a big missing piece in all of this. Savannah. All right, Miguel, thank you. 
Coming up here, uh, a closer look at some new CDC data highlighting the rise in autism cases mm. among children. Dr. John Torres is going to be here uh, with some answers to a lot of the questions that people have been asking. But first, Vicki Wynn has a story you need to see if you use online marketplaces. Good morning. More people are buying and selling secondhand goods, but that in-person transaction can be dangerous. I'm Vicki Wynn at a police-established safe exchange zone. I'm going to walk you through some safety tips to ensure the transaction is smooth. That's next on Today. We are back. It is 738 Consumer Confidential. Secondhand sales are a popular way for people to make or save money. But before you meet up with a potential buyer or seller, there are some safety steps that you should be taking. NBC senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicki Wynn is here to tell us now. Vicki, good morning. Hey, Hi, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Yeah, maybe you've already done some spring cleaning and you have some items you want to sell. Americans are turning to online marketplaces like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace to buy and sell things. But there are some important safety measures to consider so you have a smooth transaction. I found this couch on Facebook Marketplace. Re-commerce is booming. One person's trash, not only another one's treasure, but also a way to save money. I bought so many amazing things on Craigslist throughout the years, like couches, light fixtures. In 2021, a record 272 million Americans bought or sold secondhand goods, roughly the number of people who own a smartphone. Online searches for used cars, clothes, and electronics have all increased in the past six months. While it's ideal to get things sent or delivered, sometimes an in-person exchange is required, which can be dangerous. In Houston, police say a man robbed at gunpoint during a meetup to sell his car. In New York City, a police officer gunned down buying a used car. In Cincinnati, a woman arrested after stealing $15,000 at a meetup, according to police. Oh, my God, what did I just do? I just lost all my life savings. So whether you are buying or selling, there are some important tips you want to follow to make sure that you are safe. With me now is Mike Sapriconi. He's a former NYPD detective and a global security expert. Mike, thanks for joining. So we are here now at a buy, sell, safe exchange zone. What exactly is this place? It's a police station. It's open 24 hours a day. It has surveillance. It's the perfect place for you to come to buy or sell something from a stranger. Police stations around the country have established safe exchange zones like this one in Yonkers, New York. And it's safe because there are police officers coming and going. All the time. There's always going to be patrol cars, officers coming on duty, going off duty. And you got the cameras and the lights. Really a good place. So, Mike, you choose a location to meet up. What should you do when you get there? If you're driving and you get there, you should make sure your car doesn't get boxed in so that you're in a situation where you can't get out if you had to get out. If you arrive first, be aware of your surroundings and look for red flags. If somebody comes with no license plates on the car, there's a group of people in the car. If there's blacked out windows, these are all red flags that you should know about that should make you think twice. Always go with your gut. Be vigilant. You don't want to become a victim. Bring a friend with you and make sure loved ones know where you are. Try to meet during daylight hours. So, Mike, let's talk about the actual exchange of goods and money. What do we need to know to stay safe? Let's make sure the product works, okay? We should always do that before we exchange any money. And never bring a lot of cash with you. Bring what you need to pay for that item. Mike suggests getting a certified or cashier's check from a bank. But secondhand shopping safety starts before you even make the purchase. Yonkers Police Chief Joseph Monaco encourages shoppers to be aware. What's your public safety message to folks? I would say do your research, try and find out who you're selling uh, or, or dealing with online or who you're purchasing from. These transactions can be safe. People do them all the time, but you, you got to have your guard up, right? 
Absolutely. It's 2023. People don't necessarily walk into a store anymore and uh, hand their money over a counter. Safety first when buying secondhand. All right. Well, popular sites like Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, they do offer safety tips on their platforms as well. Facebook even has a tool that you can create a meetup plan and you can share that with your friends and loved ones so they know where you are. That's the key. Yeah. It's just don't do this in the dark. Make sure people know what you're up to. Well, it's like you said, so many people do it. I know so many people who do it. But how can you find out where the closest safe exchange zone is? I didn't even know they had those. I know. And this is your local police department should be willing to help you out with this. Some people don't want to go to their police station and that's OK. There are actually other ways websites like safetradestations.com or safetradespots.com. That allows you to look up zones where other people have gone before yeah. public spaces that they consider safe. So use your best judgment, but the police are always going to be there. Yeah. Good advice. Good Thank, Thank you, Vicky. Vic. All right, let's get a check of the weather, Mr. Roker. Yeah, we got some feelings of spring out there. For example, the cherry blossoms, Washington, D.C., a gift from Japan back in the 1800s. They are in full bloom. Let's take a look, show you what the stats are right now. So we've got the official bloom, March 23rd, 12 days earlier than average. Earliest bloom was back in 1990, March 15th. Latest bloom in 1958, it was April 18th. Now, since 1931 to 1960, the average peak bloom date has been dropping, as you can see, in the last 20 years. It's back now to March 30th. That's the average. So it keeps getting earlier and earlier. You're looking at spring? Well, go to Raleigh. It's going to be 88 degrees today. Houston, 81. However, Albuquerque, New Mexico... I knew I should have made that left turn at Albuquerque. Minus 13 at 53. Reno, 41. As we move into tomorrow, that warmth continues. Charleston, Atlanta, down to Orlando. But Albuquerque, again, really chilly at 49. Casper, Wyoming, 33. Sacramento, 59. Out west, as we head toward the beginning of the week, temperatures warming up. Reno, you'll be 46 by Tuesday, same in Rapid City. But Birmingham, you start Sunday with 78. You're down to 71. New York City, Sunday, we're at 61, down to 50 by Tuesday. And that is your latest weather. Guys. All right, Mr. Roker, coming up here, our inside look at a truly cutting edge test that's offering some new hope to cancer survivors, how it can be used to revolutionize their care. Coming up on Popstart, if you are a Bridgerton fan, we've got something for you. What you can expect in the hit show's highly anticipated prequel series. And then a first-hand look at the life of an auctioneer. I got a chance to raise the gavel while raising money for a great cause. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.